everybody. I'm so happy to be here again. This is exciting um, to be able to come and just share a word from the Lord. It's such an honor. It's such a privilege. And, you know, like I said before, the stories to tell you how, how long it took me to get here. <laughs> but praise the Lord, here I am, right? Nonetheless, here I am, and I love the Lord, um, as I know all of you do as well. <clears throat> the title of my message today is, Do Not Be Alarmed, Be Ready. <clears throat> We're in a time that we probably didn't think we would see. We are in a time where we didn't know that we would see the Bible come to life right before our eyes. It's not 30 AD, it's not 12 AD, it's 2021 AD. <laughs> and we are here living as Jesus did in this modern time. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. And I'm, first I'm just going to give a, <clears throat> excuse me, a brief, okay, on, on the book of Matthew as a whole. Because the book of Matthew, he, you know, it's about Jesus. It's about his, he is the Messiah and how it's presented that he is the Messiah. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, and so some things we can see really quickly is Jesus was born. <clears throat> okay. Jesus was born to a virgin. Since the womb, he is escaping persecution. Okay. His mama had to run on a donkey to another state or another country, okay? At his birth, he is escaping death. When he was born, the king said, go kill all the boys, two years old. Kill them all, okay? As a grown man, he begins to teach and is considered by the teachers of the law as a blasphemer, as a false prophet. He is called a liar and the devil himself. These guys are so caught up in their man-made traditions that they missed the coming Messiah that they have been teaching about. Mind-blowing for us. But let us stop for a moment there. These men were teaching the law that they had been taught for so many years. There hadn't been a new word from the Lord for 400 years. These guys were following what was left to them by the prophets and the judges and the, and the kings before him, the people before them. All they knew was was given to them in that Torah. All they knew was to follow those things. But the one thing that they missed that I would say is the connection between them and God. They didn't have a connection. They didn't have a prophet. They didn't have a judge. They didn't have a leader. All they had was the Torah and themselves. 400 years. How much can happen between that big gap of a time? How much can happen with us with one week without the Lord? One week without a relationship with God. What happens to us? Because let me tell you something. All hell's going to break loose no matter we're with God or not with God. It's better if we're with God because we have the power of the Holy Spirit to walk through it. To dance right through it like David. To say, like Joseph, I'm doing the will of the Father. I'm going to walk this. They're going to beat me up. They sent me off to be sold into slavery. But I am going to believe the dream, the vision, and the calling that God has given me. One week without him, one day without him, and we will be shrinking back. We cannot afford to be without the Lord Jesus Christ daily. We cannot afford it. 
So before we look at these guys and say, man, how could they miss it? Let's remember, we're, we're just like them. We're man, just like them. We can miss it too. Okay? So here it says, um, just keep on, to keep on going. They missed him so much to the point of crucifying him unjustly, an innocent man. There was nothing of him that was going to be enticing or looking into. In Isaiah 53, you know, you can go there, go ahead real quick. In Isaiah 53, it says, it tells us exactly, he, the prophet tells us what's going to come. He tells us who he is. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that, he sh that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and he... And we held him in low esteem. We can go back to Matthew now. Listen. These guys were surprised, but their Bible, their Torah told them this very thing. And they themselves were the ones that were despising and hiding their face from him. Oh, he's a blasphemer. Oh, he's a liar. Oh, who does he think he is? God isn't a man. Like they know God. Wow. So we move on to see that that happens and then even one of Jesus own people uh, disciples right he goes uh, Philip goes to Nathaniel in Matthew and like I said I'm just briefing through Matthew but we're going to get to the text in a moment and he says to him hey the one that the that we've been hearing about the one that they've been teaching about the Messiah he's here he's right here and Nathaniel's like who and he's like this guy and he's like can anything good come from Nazareth now he's called the Nazarene can anything good come from there even his own disciple didn't believe that it was him coming. Why? Because he, they had been so deceived by what had become of man and not what had been given by God. Through the teachings of false prophets, through the teachings of those, maybe not false message, but those who missed it. They missed it. So what do we find in this book of Matthew? You know, besides the obvious that we all know. Come on, you guys are Bible students. You've been at MPI for a long time. You guys are in a higher level of scholarship than many scholars that, I, you know, that we can talk about. Okay? We go through the Bible and we talk um, through these things. But what can we find in that book? Lack of understanding. Lack of relationship. Lack of loving God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind. So, I'm going to take you now through the teachings of Jesus. I'm only going to go through the bullet points, um, through the bolded points. <clears throat> and the reason why, you know, I'll get to why I'm doing this, and, you know, hopefully at the end it will all make sense and connect to you. We're going to begin in um, Matthew 5. And you're just really going to just look at the bold points and just scroll right through them. We're just going to read them. All right. The Beatitudes, we see that the Lord went to the Sermon on the Mount. That's something that's preached all over the place. These words right here, he taught us. He taught us what it is to be blessed and what it looks like to be blessed. To be blessed doesn't mean you have a Ferrari and a mansion. To be blessed, it means to be poor in spirit. To mourn. To be persecuted. Okay. Go ahead. You could go on to the next chapter, uh, to the next teaching. It's in 13. It says, Jesus teaches about salt and light. Catch this, okay? Jesus teaches about the law. 
Jesus teaches about anger. Jesus teaches about lust. Jesus teaches about divorce. Jesus teaches about vows. He teaches about revenge. He teaches about loving your enemies. He teaches about giving to the needy. Teaches about prayer. You guys catching me here? Jesus teaches about fasting, about money, about worry. Continues on through the whole book, chapter 7. Jesus teaches about judging others. Jesus teaches about asking, seeking, and knocking. Jesus teaches about the way to heaven. Jesus teaches about fruit in people's lives. Jesus teaches about building on a solid foundation. How many teachings did I just read? Like 20 probably? And that's not it. That's just in the book of Matthew. That's Matthew's perspective. That's Matthew's, you know, vision. That's Matthew's way. All right. Can you please go to Matthew 24 now? We're going to read here, and Jesus teaches <laughs> on the Mount of Olives. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming... I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but, we, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of birth pains. Keep going. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the kingdom will come. Amen. I just read today's newspaper. Today's newspaper, 2021, February 22nd, 2021. I just read today's newspaper. This is for us now. This was said to them in 30 A.D., before then, right, 30 A.D. when Jesus was 30, he started his ministry. All these things, right, he's saying this to them. Yes, it was back then, but today we can see it for ourselves. Because are you being persecuted? Can you go somewhere and tell somebody, Jesus loves you, repent of your sin? No. Now we're not being put in jail just yet. But hey, let's not look past it. It might come. There's famines happening, Right? Places like Texas are getting snowed in, electricity is going off, and all these different things, something that's very rare. Mexico's experiencing snow as well. What do they do with these things? Accidents 
people losing their lives by the bunches, okay? These are the things that Jesus, you know, in the, in the beginning, Jesus, you see, was teaching us all, all these things. But then in this section, he says, do not be alarmed. I say, do not be alarmed, but be ready. Why should we be ready? Let's not be a Pharisee and a Sadducee. Let's be like Jesus and be ready because he's already given us everything we need to endure the days to come. He's already given us everything we need to answer for the things to come. It's all back there in Matthew 1, 2, 3, you know, 5, 6, 7. All the teachings I read, right? Let's go on to um, Matthew 28, please. Matthew 28, um, 18. Jesus' last words to his disciples before he ascended. Okay? He, he died. He rose again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for rising again. Thank you for leaving us the Holy Spirit. He didn't leave us empty. He didn't abandon us. He didn't forsake us. He left us with instruction. He left us with power and authority to stomp this ground with the Holy Spirit because the devil may have taken this country, may have taken this nation, may have taken this world, but he has not taken the soul. So what do we see here? He says, all authority, Jesus said this to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's not become so, so mundane when we read this. Every time we read this, we should be fired up with the power of the Holy Spirit. Every time that we read this, we should get fired up knowing that we have the power of God within us because we have the Holy Spirit and there are people out there that need to hear the gospel more now than ever before. Yes, it says that many will turn away, their hearts will turn cold because of the hatred and the wickedness that is rising, but we will not allow that if we can because we are commanded to go and make disciples. How do we do that? By walking it out, not just talking about it. Not just sitting behind a screen and giving out, you know, whatever we got, but by walking it out. By living it in your jobs, by living it in your schools, by living it in your homes, by living it in your ministries. You should be a Christian in church, y'all, let me tell you. There are some people that are not Christians in church. You should be a Christian in church because all lies on us. And it's not about us. It's about who we represent. He is worthy of us representing him with extreme, extreme exaltation. He should be exalted. When people see us, they should be like, man, I can't find nothing wrong with that one. They're walking it out. They're living it out. They're doing the thing. I can ask them to do something. They go ahead and do it. Not, you know, every single thing. Like, you better jump. Yeah, okay. Hold on. Slow down. Ask me something else, you know? So for this particular group right here, you guys, SUMers, right, in this, in this cohort right here, I know you guys personally, you're sold out. You're sold out for Jesus. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my heart. You're sold out for Jesus. 
So how should we be ready by, um, by doing exactly what his word says, right? Sorry. And then here it says, uh, I'm reading my notes. The devil cannot convince you of otherwise. He can't convince you, right? He can't tell you, oh, you know, you're sick, you're going to die, and you're going to be like, oh, Jesus, and go shrink back. He isn't real. He's not who he says he is because we're already dead. We're already dead. If we're already dead, none of those things in the world should affect us. We are dead in ourselves and born in Christ. But how can he come after us? Or how can we come after ourselves? Right? Through our minds. Through our minds. Oh, you know, what did he do to Eve? Did he really say you're going to die? Over a fruit. Okay? We're giving up for, for much less than that in these days. And we should not be giving up. We should not be giving up. We're closer to the end times than they were back in Matthew 24. We're way closer to the end times now. And we're seeing it just come to life more and more. And I'm sure they've seen their persecution. And back in those days and their place where they were at, they were getting stoned. We're not even getting stoned. But our mind is being corrupted. What are your eyes looking at? What are you guys putting your time to? What book are you reading? Because if there's a book that you should be filled with, it's the good book. It's the Bible. If the, what you're reading doesn't align with what the Bible is saying, you need to not be reading it. You need to get consumed with the things of God and fill your lives with the things of God so you can walk out the things of God. Because let me tell you, if you're doing things... Looking at things you're not supposed to be looking at, reading things that are not fruitful to your spiritual life at all, you're going to begin to manifest in those things. Your heart's going to begin to change. Your mind's going to begin to change. You're going to say, oh, maybe it's just a fairy tale. Oh, maybe it's just, you know, like, I don't see him now. He didn't come 2,000 years ago. Why is he going to come now? Don't let the devil deceive you. All right? Other ways that it could come, your family. Your family who isn't saved is all the devil's work. <laughs> They can be manipulated by Satan in any kind of way. It don't take nothing. Okay? They're not living for God, so the devil don't care. He's like, whatever. I, I, you, you gave yourself up. I don't even have to fight for you to give yourself your salvation away. But for you guys, for all of us, he's coming after our families. He's coming after our jobs. He's coming after our friends. He's coming after the things that we love. And that is why we need to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. Because when he does come for the things that we love so much, they're going to hurt, but they're not going to hurt so much that we say forget God. Or shake our fist at him and say, where were you? You weren't here. You left me. You abandoned me. You said you wouldn't abandon me. That is a selfish person who thinks that way. It is a selfish person. It is a person that only thinks about himself. He's a Pharisee and a Sadducee or a Nathaniel. No. <laughs> so let's stay focused on the call that God has given us. When you wake up in the morning, God deserves your first breath. If you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to go here. All this and that. I got to write this report. I got to go to this job. I got whatever it is. No, rebuke that. Begin now to give your first breath to the Lord. He deserves it and he is worthy of it and we absolutely need it. We need that. So, um, 
Let me see what else I got here. So yeah, just basically in the end in the, the scripture here it says to go and teach them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's so many promises there. There's so many things that he's telling us. What are we teaching him? What what are we teaching others? Exactly what we're doing here. Exactly what you're doing here. Like, you know, uh, Lauren was saying earlier, there's apostles in this place. There are prophets. There are evangelists. There are teachers. There are preachers. Okay? Don't let the things of this world come and overtake you. He says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Guys, listen. Leave out of this place today convinced. Convinced that come what may you will follow Jesus and you will trust him. And in your time of sorrow, in your time of pain, you trade it for the joy of the Lord. You get up and you start dancing. You get up and you start praising his name. Okay? It's not easy. No, I'm not going to stand here and say it's easy. Being a mom to my son is not the easiest job. Homeschooling him, oh, my Lord, help me. Okay? Especially when he wants to, you know, in his own little free will go off on me and I'm like and then I got to go to the you know kitchen and put up my worship music and Jesus you are worthy Jesus you are worthy Jesus I love you you are more than you know everything and this tool shop has and all these different things this little thing this little 12 year old you're like how can you have so much power no I refuse you know and I start rebuking the devil like Satan get behind me we have to fight don't give up so freely. Don't lay down your life so easily. Fight. Fight for your mind to be in, in step with God. Fight for your thoughts to submit to the obedience of God. His thoughts are way greater than ours. We see what happens when we don't allow ourselves to be one with Jesus. The word begins to change. Don't change God's word. Because you will be held to a higher standard for doing that. Your judgment will be severe. More severe than one who just gave his life to the Lord, died and went to heaven. We will be held more accountable to those things. Be careful what you're saying. Be careful how you're walking. Be careful what you're teaching. Make sure it aligns with the word of God. And that is only going to come through your relationship with him. Your daily connection with him. Your daily interview or your daily meeting, your dinner, your lunch, whatever you want to call it. You spend time with the Lord. You ask him, what does my day look like? What do I look like today in your eyes, God? Because in my eyes, I look like I want to sleep all day. No. He wants you to get up and do what you're going to do for his glory. In your ministries, don't let your ministries over, overtake the love relationship between you and the Father. Do not. Because even good things can get in the way of your relationship with God. And that will affect the way that you go out and teach everything that he's commanded you. Because if you can't do it. How are you going to teach someone else to do it? That is what it's about. If you get persecuted, locked up in jail, Lawrence, because you're out there preaching the gospel in full fire with the, you know, with the fire of the Holy Ghost, and you go to that prison cell, I already know what you're going to do. You're going to go in there and start singing. Hey, I know Jesus. Do you know him? Like, come on, I don't know what I'm doing. But listen, I know that's what you're going to do. I know that you're going to preach your heart out. I know that you're going to talk about Jesus until they cut your tongue out. And even then you're going to hum it. Whatever you got to do. 
If you're left out with no home, what are you going to do? We're going to walk the streets and march in the army of the Lord talking about, hey, you know about Jesus? Because listen, it may be cold out here, but deep down inside I got the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let me share it with you. Let's not be alarmed by what's happening around us. Let us be ready. We got more than enough in this good book to be ready for what's to come. And let's not be overtaken or surprised like Nathaniel. That's not the Messiah. What good can come? Let's not be so judgmental. Judge according to the word. If the word said it, it must be it. Let's not be so caught up in our traditions that we miss God and then we're left behind. We're left repenting. We're left crucifying the Lord and then saying, oh, man, he really was God. You know, let's not be those people. Let's, and and then I've, another point I wanted to make here is this. You know, a lot of us, like I said, we are saved. We are sanctified. We're doing the thing for the Lord. We are living for God, okay? So let's not think so highly of ourselves either. Peter did everything God wanted him to do and even more. He was the one, yes, 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 what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Here I am. Let's go, let's go. Leaving his mother and his, you know, wife and all that, mother and all, all that. Look, no, no, no. I'll go do whatever you say. And when he told, when Jesus told him, like, this is what's going to happen to me. Jesus told him, this is what's going to happen to me. And he was like, nah, that ain't going to happen. Not on, that's me. Like, I think about myself, like, oh, man, I'm going to go through this. I'm not on my watch. You're my sister. You're my brother. I'm going to stand right there in front of them. They're going to have to get through me before they get to you, you know. And Jesus is like, calm down. Get behind me, Satan, because what has to happen has to happen. He said, as a matter of fact, you're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, never. I would never deny you. Don't be a Peter. Don't be a Peter. Be Jesus. Be just like Jesus. <laughs> Don't be a Judas. You think that Judas, when he was called by God, that when Jesus called him in, you think he walked in there saying, I'm going to betray this man to death. No way. He was in there like, man, this guy's got the message. He's good. He's doing good things. I know he's the, you know, Messiah, all these things. All of a sudden, things weren't moving fast enough for him. They weren't working at his timing. He was like, man, you know what? This is taking too long. I'm going to sell them out, 30 shekels. Here you go. Take them. Then when he realized what he did, he went off and ended his own life because he couldn't bear the weight that was on him because of what he did. Do not be a Judas. But we must be just like Jesus. We must imitate Christ in everything that he did because he left us a good example. In three years that he was here um, in his ministry, just in his ministry, that's not counting his life. His whole life has a whole story. We know that. But let's not take that lightly. Okay, let us be those who are called to do the will of God according to the way his son taught us to do it. And let us go and obey his command and teach it to the world. Teach them to obey everything that he commanded because surely he is with us to the end of the age. Let's not forget that. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. That is the end of my message. All right, let's all stand up real quick. Let's close out in prayer. Thank you so much, Tina. Praise God. Come on. You get up there.
All right, let's just take a few moments just to soak into the presence of God, to receive the word of the Lord. Lord, we want to be ready. God, we know that in this life we're going to face persecution. We know, God, that we're going to face troubling times. We know, Lord, that we are going to be insulted. We are going to be hated by men because of you. But Lord, help us to be like you. Help us to remain strong. Help us to remain firm in our faith. God, we love you. We thank you, God, for this word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we could do all things in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Tina, why don't you come and pray over the students? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you so much, God, for the calling that you have placed on each and every single student in this place and those watching online, Father God. Oh, Lord, the army that you're raising up in this generation, God, we will not shrink back, Father. I thank you for their courage. I thank you for the faith that comes from you. God, I pray that you would continue to speak to them, reveal yourself to them in such a mighty way, oh, Lord. I pray, Father, that in their private time with you, that they would see your face. That they would see the flame in your eyes, Father God, and your hair that's like wool, Father God. I pray, Father, that they would hear your voice so tangible in their ear as you whisper the things that you have for them, Father God. And I pray, Lord, that when they go through hard times, that they would come running to you and not running from you, Lord. I pray that they would come to your feet and lay it all down and trade their sorrows, Father God. Trade their pain. Trade their shame for you, Lord. I pray, Father, that when they fall short, that they wouldn't be quick to fall into shame because that's what the devil would love for them to do, Father God. But that they would be quick to repent, quick to be held accountable, quick to come and say yes to you, Lord God. Oh, Father, I pray that their hearts would be flesh all the days of their life. That in every moment that they would seek your face and every decision that they're going to make, that they would seek your face, Lord. I pray for a hunger, a hunger and a thirst to fall upon them in the name of Jesus that is for you, for you. God, I pray that they would live to please you every single day of their lives. God, I pray that everything that you have taught them, everything that you have commanded them, Lord God, that they would teach it to others, to many others that come their way. Father, I pray for the gifts of the Spirit to come upon them. Oh, Holy Spirit, come upon them. Come upon them. May all the gifts be manifested in each and every one of them, Lord God. May you be with them in their studies as they read the words in those books, Lord God, that they wouldn't just be words that they're reading, Father, but that they would see how you are in in each and every single one of them, learning, learning about, his, about your world, about the past, the history, Lord God, whatever it is, Lord, that they would not become weary in doing what is good, Lord God. For right now, what's good is for them to get through the school, Lord, for your glory, not for their for their, uh, for their glory, God, but for your glory, Lord God. Because what you're going to do in each and every one of them, when they graduate, God, when they move forward, Lord God, you have plans for them that will prosper them and not harm them. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their lives. God, I pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding to be with them. And I pray for their hearts to be humble before you, to be teachable. 
and to always receive what it is that you're giving them, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord, have your way. Amen and amen.